Black Philip. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Spooky Chicks and Horror Flicks. I'm your host, Black Philip. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm your host, Emma. I'm your other host, not Black Philip. <laughs> My name's Allie. Yeah, thank you guys for joining us today for another episode. We are super excited that today marks episode seven. And we have officially wrapped our Summer Slasher series with our last episode, Scream. If you have not listened, please go listen to that now. And yeah, I'm really excited to review our film today. Also, happy October, everybody. This is our time. Happy October. Yes, this is our time to shine. Fun thing about Allie is on Saturday night, she stayed the night at my house and she had a alarm abruptly wake us up at midnight to tell us that it was October 1st. But I love that about her. Yes, hot take. The first thing you want to say at the very first second of every month is rabbit, rabbit, rabbit. It brings you good luck for the month. So take that how you will. So symbolism for a rabbit in the film. Oh, very good, Emma. Yes. (laughs) Good connection. Good connection. (laughs) But yes, set your alarms for 12.01, the very first second of every new month. Rabbit, 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 the first thing you say. Yeah, and we'll bring up the rabbit or the hare a little bit later in this podcast. A little bit later. Yes. Yeah. Happy October, though. Happy October. And for those of you that do not know us, we are two best friends who like to drink wine and or White Claw and talk about our favorite horror films. We talk about any and all horror films, and we are always open to new suggestions, and uh, we just have a lot of fun doing it, and we hope that you guys enjoy. Yes. today is a very very special day and a very special episode as we are dedicating today's episode to megan one of our top patrons on patreon so for those of you that don't know we do have a patreon where you can support the podcast and we have various levels that you can donate each month our lowest level is like three dollars a month and it does go all the way up to ten dollars a month and with our highest level you can pick a film for us to review and we figured that with this film specifically this is the perfect film to officially kick off October October. and spooky season and get us ready for Halloween. And Megan is a dear friend of ours. If you don't know her, you should because she's a brilliant pastry chef. She is a true artist. She is the best. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Also, Megan, if you're listening to this, which I hope you are and you probably are, I still want you to teach me how to crochet because I still don't know how to. (laughs) And I also apologize to you in advance because I'm going to kind of shit on this film a little bit. So, <laughs> And Megan did tell us that she doesn't necessarily love horror films anyway. So I think it's okay if we yeah, if we break, so break it apart a little bit. Love you, Megan, but please take all my words with several grains of salt. <laughs> with many a grain. Yes, many a grain. <laughs> Throw that over your shoulder and yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Allie... What are we drinking today? Okay, well, we're kind of switching it up today. So I couldn't understand how to pronounce this, but I'm going to say it's Growers, but it also looks like Growers. And when Ali first told me this, I was like, you mean like grower, like he's a grower, Grower, not not a a shower? shower. (laughs) So I'm going to go with Growers just to keep... Sounds a little better, a little fancier. Growers Reserve Sauvignon Blanc that one of my lovely friends, Hayden, got for me. So thank you, Hayden. Shout out to Hayden. What up, Hayden? We love you, Hayden. So I'm drinking a Sauvignon Blanc today. And with one of the biggest plot twists of all time, I myself 
Black Phillip. I mean, Emma. <laughs> I'm drinking. Oh, are, Black Phillip cherry? <laughs> Black Phillip cherry. Oh, I am drinking a Black Cherry White Claw. I know, everyone. I know. Hold your gasps. I know. I know. <laughs> you know what? I drank a lot of it this weekend with Allison, and I was like, you know what? It's good. These ain't half bad. <laughs> they have amazing. They have good. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's what we're drinking today. And Allie, cheers to episode seven. Cheers. Woo, that was a good one. Wow. <laughs> we are, I did pour my white claw into a wine glass just so everyone is aware. But anyways. <laughs> and another thing that we want to chat about real quick before we kind of kick things off officially is we want to give an extra, extra special shout out to to a really great podcast that's actually been around for a few years and they are called Civil Gore Podcast and they sent us one of the sweetest messages kind of when we were just barely starting out. It was just so sweet. I'm like, how can I not read it? They said, hi, just wanted to say and give you guys a congrats and a belated welcome to the horror podcast family. Just started listening and I'm really enjoying it. We'll make sure to give you guys a shout out on our next episode and we're wishing you many years of success. They are so sweet, Tim and Brian. They are amazing. They have, I want to say, hundreds of episodes at this point on their podcast. And again, they are called Civil Gore Podcast. They also talk a lot about like latest horror releases. They dive into like a horror movie of the week. So they have a lot of different aspects that we really enjoy. And actually on their shout out, that they gave us on their podcast, they kind of referred to us as like the female version of them, which we love. Love uh, that. And, you know, Tim and Brian, we want to have you guys on the podcast eventually. So we'll have to work that out. But yeah, go give them a follow at Civil Gore Podcast. We loved that. And just a testament at this community is so awesome. Like everybody supporting everybody just in all regards to horror. So yeah, love it, you guys. It's so fun. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this once we get towards it actually being live. But we also just did an interview with Ken from Sledgehammer Horror. We did a YouTube interview where we talked about our very first horror movies that we saw and kind of like the impact that they had on us. So shout out to you, Ken and your wife. We loved you guys. You guys are so sweet. And yeah, you can find them at Sledgehammer Horror. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. Our episode, I think, is going to go live in November. So we'll make sure that you guys all know where to find it. All right. So moving on to our rose and thorns of the last couple weeks. Allie, do you want to start us off? I will definitely start. I'm going to start with my thorn. It's a big one, you guys. And I'll talk about it later. I'm okay everything's awesome it's it was just a big thorn that I will big thorn in her side it was a big thorn (laughs) in my side and all over my body and I'll talk about it later like I said the good news is I have several roses so one of them is Emma the producer and I had some fun content shooting over the weekend and we can't wait to share it with you so I'm very excited about that Also, a huge, huge rose is we went to Disneyland for our friend Jessica's birthday over the weekend, and we ran into one of the ghoul daddies. Matthew. Matthew from the ghoul daddies. And (laughs) we got to meet up with him, and he was the nicest. And we met him actually at Midsummer Scream, where we kind of kicked off this whole thing. And we love Matthew and Paul of the ghoul daddies. So major shout out to them. And it was an amazing experience on top of being at Disneyland. So totally really agree. happy about that. And my last rose is everybody's talking about their Roman empires. 
So, <laughs> okay, this is where this is going. This okay. is where this is going. <laughs> she was yes. prepping me earlier. So my Roman Empire right now is re-watching and listening to Silver Springs by Fleetwood Mac. Shut the hell up. That is my are you Roman serious? Empire right now. Wait, that is so funny. I, I love that. Thank oh my you. gosh. Those are my roses. But Emma, what are your roses and thorns? I would say my thorn is that Ali and I actually tried to go to Oktoberfest in, oh in my town and we had a blast. I mean, it was fun, but it did start downpour raining on us as we were watching an 80s tribute band, which just really harshed the mellow. I will know? say on that note, though, the 80s band was low-key amazing, but also there was out. a man sitting on another man's shoulders whipping yeah. his shirt around. So yeah. it wasn't all bad. It wasn't bad. Yeah, it was good. It was good. <laughs> and I also have several roses and actually a lot of mine aligned with Ali's. One of them, again, meeting Matthew at Disneyland was so fun. Matthew is the best. He was so sweet. We can't wait to see him again. And hopefully we'll be able to maybe collab with the Ghoul Daddy sometime yes. in the future. So they're awesome. Go check them out. And then another rose that I have is kind of for my parents. I don't know if you guys remember last episode, I talked about my parents meeting a dog they were potentially going to adopt. And it's official. Little Ella is now in my parents' lives. And she gets along with my dog, Cowboy, swimmingly. And <laughs> they are so sweet. And it's just really nice to see my parents kind of happy again. We're never going to forget our dog that passed, obviously, but to have another little one in their lives. And she just seems so happy and is like fitting right in perfectly. Get me to meet her. She's so sweet. As we mentioned, Megan is our patron that we are dedicating our episode to today. And we are going to be reviewing The Witch, the 2015 film directed by Robert Eggers. All right, fuckers, it's time for trivia. <laughs> Question number one. Why are you guys laughing at me? No reason. I just love you. Question number one. What year does this film take place? Oh, I know this one. I do not. Okay. Question number two. Fill in the blank from the song that is sang by the twins. Black Philip, Black Philip, blank grows out of his head. Black Philip, Black Philip, blank grows out of his head. Okay. That, I, okay. oh, I, I'm going to get all of these wrong. Question number three. What film co-starring Willem Dafoe was also created by Robert Eagers? Okay, so I know the other films he did, so I'm just going to take a guess, but I haven't Same actually days. seen them. So I'm just going to get out. Yeah, there's only three. <laughs> I, bet we got the, I bet we got this one right. I think we got this one right. Watch me get it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gang, it's that time. Spoiler alert, if you have not watched this film already, either stop and go watch or proceed at your own caution because we're going to be talking some shit about everything in this movie. So here we go. We are going to be talking some shit. That is, that is absolutely historically accurate information. <laughs> <laughs> and the first thing that we're going to start with is actually the synopsis of the film. So I did find this on the trusty old internet. So please, <laughs> you know, take that as you will. The grain of salt. The grain of salt. In 1630, New England, panic and despair envelops a farmer, his wife, and their children when their youngest son, Samuel, suddenly vanishes. The family blames Thomason, the oldest daughter who was watching the boy at the time of his disappearance. And with suspicion and paranoia mounting, twin siblings Mercy and Jonas suspect Thomason of witchcraft, testing the clan's faith, loyalty, and love to one another. Just a classic family film. <laughs> 
You know, we're, we all have our problems. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you blame them back then during the witch trials? Like, are you kidding me? Also, we know a lot about the witch trials because we were actually just in Salem last year. This time last year, you're wearing a Salem sweatshirt. Oh my God, right I'm now. literally wearing my Salem sweatshirt. Also, this film is set 60-ish years before this the trials actually happened. Correct, correct. But like we see like it ramping up, I yeah. guess. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And now I know what what a year this is based in. <laughs> Allie is kicking herself because she now knows the answer to one of our trivia questions. Well, now I can say that I wrote that down. Oh, you did? So you got no. it right? No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, I did not. Got it wrong. Got no, it wrong. Okay. For sure. All right. Well, you know, that's okay. We win some, you lose some, you know. I, win, I lose most of this. It's all right. <laughs> And then diving into some basic facts about this film. So this film was made in 2015 and this was actually the first film, the first feature, full length feature by director Robert Eggers. He also wrote it and he wanted to write this because he grew up having nightmares about witches and like same Oh. Yeah. So he wrote it in a puritanical New England Commonwealth essence because that's what he would dream of. Interesting. Or not dream, oh God. nightmare of. I know. There's the first interesting. I know. <laughs> oh, oh, I did it. <laughs> but yeah, so he that's why he wanted to do this. But yeah, this is his first feature length. And Robert directs a couple of films with Anya Taylor Joy. And it's obviously her, her first debut is The Witch. And then she's also in The Northman. And she's in a couple other movies. And upcoming, she is in Nosferatu, which I'm kind of stoked about because. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. I'm haunted by Nosferatu. Same. So honestly, same. I can't wait to see that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this was like the beginning of Anya Taylor Joy's career. So, just like Ali mentioned, this is like the very first film that she was in. I think she did a couple little things, but. Yeah, it was exciting to kind of see like her very first acting gig. And then we have Ralph Einson, who plays William, the father. I do refer him a lot in my notes as just dad. So if you hear me say like mom Same. or dad, he is just, he's dad. He's dad. Kind of daddy, maybe a little. Oh, whoa. Bit, tiny bit. Oh, tiny bit. Oh, no. Do you see that six pack? Ooh. When he's chopping wood? Erm, no. You didn't look? You didn't I see looked, it? I saw it, but no. I'm just saying. Okay. I'm just saying 1630. Yeah. Okay. We differ here. <laughs> <laughs> so I. <laughs> Allie can't speak. I can't speak. She's I at a loss speak. for words. <laughs> so I was like, what do I know him from? He was in Harry Potter. Yes. And he was also in Game of Thrones. Yep. Yeah. Him and actually the woman that plays. Mom. Mom or Catherine, Catherine or Kate. Yeah. The dad, he kind of calls her affectionately Kate sometimes in the film. Yeah. She was also in Game of Thrones. So dad was in House of Greyjoy and mom was in House of Tully. So those of you who are Game of Thrones. Yeah. Thronies. (laughs) I don't know if that's what they're called. You'll you'll know what we're talking about. (laughs) I was like, oh, this is where these people hail from. But I'm like, I had no idea. Wow. Interesting. Wow. And then honestly, the only other person I would say that's like worth mentioning is harvey scrimshaw who plays caleb so he is the middle sibling he is like the second oldest and then there are the twins i don't have their their names at this moment but you know they're kind of a annoying little duo in the film and okay (laughs) talking shit about twins huh i'm just just saying okay i'm just saying but yeah so that's kind of like our top build cast and honestly those are the main characters throughout pretty much the entire film 
So then in terms of our rating system, you guys know that we like to do IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, and then the Rotten Tomatoes, whatever score. Audience. Audience score. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Us, the audience. (laughs) So on IMDb, this film got a seven out of 10, which we always say every week that we do a new episode, but that's pretty high for a horror film. Some people may not even consider this necessarily a horror film, but I beg to differ. I think if it if it spooks you in any which way, whether you're ooh, scared of... Any oh, which way? Ooh, any nice. which way. I think anything can kind of be considered a horror movie. The Sound of Music. Okay. <laughs> Mamma Mia. It just depends on okay, your preferences. Listener, she's, you know what I mean? she's on her own. I'm fluid. I'm horror fluid. <laughs> okay. You know? So just put the that captain out there. is controlling Maria von Trapp. <laughs> okay. But yeah, Ali, do you want to tell us about our rotten tomatoes? Rotten tomatoes. Yeah. So the tomato meter says ninety percent. Wow. And I'm like, my notes next to that is the fuck? <laughs> it's funny because everyone that I've told that we're doing this film has negative things to say. Right. But it does surprisingly have pretty good ratings. So, okay. So, Tomato Meter is 90%. Audience score is 60%. And okay. I, I'm i like literally flabbergasted by these high scores. I, am I missing something? We talk about Zuli, our friend. And on our Zuli Meter, Zuli, don't watch this. Our friend Zuli really doesn't like anything that has to do with like demons, demonic forces, the devil, kind of anything like that, which we're going to have a hell of a lot of that in this film. Ooh, so the the Zuli meter is high. Zuli, don't watch it. Do not watch it. <laughs> we love and you. if you are anything like Zuli, maybe don't watch it. Yeah. So then moving into some of our fun facts. So this film was obviously supposed to take place in Massachusetts, New England. We already talked about it being in, you know, 1630 timeframe. And it was actually filmed in Kiosk. Ontario, Canada. 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 Oh, Canada. Canada. I don't know if that's the song. I don't either. Uh, I just know it's Oh, Canada. Um. <laughs> oh, producer oh. knows it. <laughs> He's a hockey fan, so he Oh, got he it. And something really fun about this movie, which I never knew the significance of until we have decided to review it, and I've been doing some research, is if you look at how it is spelled on movie posters and in a lot of graphics, I would say, and even on you know a lot of places where they actually just like type out the word, the word witch is spelled with two capital V's making kind of a letter W. And the reason that this is the way it is, is because Robert Eggers, the director, wanted to be kind of historically accurate. And back in the 1600s, the letter W was not widely used in the alphabet. You know, people would put like two V's together to make kind of that W sound, I guess. Wild. very wild. 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 <laughs> With two vile, V's, if vile. you will. Or, oh, vile. vile. The witch. <laughs> the witch. So I think that's really, really cool. And another thing about like this in general, just like kind of time in America, in old America, is that Robert Eggers also really wanted to be as historically accurate as possible. And he actually used a lot of the dialogue in the film from like old diaries and books and published, you know, pieces that he could find from that time period, which I thought was really, really cool. Some other stuff that's kind of interesting about this. Oh, I said interesting. (laughs) Damn it. Todd, start the timer. Todd, where you at? (laughs) Another thing that I thought was kind of cool is we run into a rabbit or like a hare quite a few times within the film. And there is a significance to that other than it just kind of being 
a cute little animal that may have something sinister going on. Mm. <laughs> but hares, actually, in colonial New England, they were considered magical creatures. And they were often associated with witches, actually, mm-hmm. either as a milk hare, which stole or spoiled milk from farm animals, or witches themselves, which which <laughs> I think is what's going to come into play in this film. We're going to see a hare quite a few times. So definitely, I love the historical accuracy in that little thing. People were also, or witches, sorry, back then were also thought to be able to turn into hares in order to spy on and influence people. So just another fun little fact there. Well, and on that note, Allison, why don't we dive into the film? Let's dive in. (laughs) Our opening scene starts with some really eerie music that seems like classical, but kind of creepy, periodical. You know, it seems kind of like, I don't know if if I knew what music sounded like in 1630, this is what it would sound like. And we also hear some whispers also, and then immediately get a shot of Anya Taylor-Joy, who plays Thomason in the film, the oldest daughter. It's a straight shot right on her, you know, very kind of up front and center in her face. And she is in a courthouse with her family. This is where we also get introduced to her family who seems to be on some sort of trial or they're having some sort of a court hearing within their little town or their providence or whatever you want to call it colony back then basically like their family is going to get kicked out of the plantation and the you know judge says that they've basically been disobeying laws of the commonwealth and of the church i i kind of like when movies do this and i pulled out some of my ap lit from high school (laughs) hell yeah (laughs) when they enter a film or a book or a story like this it's called and don't come for me if i'm not pronouncing this correctly in medias res and that means in the middle of things so we don't have the full knowledge yeah thank you i feel smart now wait i love that but it means in the middle of things so you we jump in just not knowing the full background and we just jump into the movie and then we have to kind of infer things yep moving forward totally and i was going to mention like we don't get real closure of exactly why they were kicked out of this plantation like we just kind of hear like tidbits and pieces and we actually get our first taste of oh my god I was going to say the first taste of the dad, which sounded really sexual after my my earlier comments. No, but we we get our first introduction to his character and he has the deepest voice I think I've ever heard in my entire life. And I know the first time I ever watched this film, it hits you like a bag of bricks. It is very jarring. And you're just like, who is this guy? Like he's his voice is so deep. Honestly, that's probably one of the scariest parts of the movie. I agree. His voice. I wholeheartedly agree. And he is this like big man. He's got long hair, a beard, like six pack, according to Emma. (laughs) Six pack. We'll find out later. And yeah, he's just like a big presence. And he's kind of arguing back and forth with the judge. You know, I don't understand why this is like happening. And then he has a lot of pride and is just like, fine, well, we'll leave your plantation then. Basically, good riddance. Goodbye. Something I will say about that initial scene is. Caleb, our young man, is wearing a beanie. Were beanies a thing? I mean, they must have been. Bon- I mean, if bo- if bonnets were on women, they must have had something for men, right? Okay. I mean, I don't know if I've seen a beanie in a historical 
film or like document type. Yeah, yeah, of this time period. That is a good call out. I feel like I trust the historical accuracy of this film, so it must have been clearly because accurate. Robert was like he did his scarred. homework. Yeah, he did his homework clearly. <laughs> and so we we see this shot of the family leaving the town. Literally, the town doors are closing on them as their wagon is being led out, and they settle into this spot that is very secluded. They are the only family. It it does come into play a little bit later, but I think their hopes are that they can kind of have a farm and maybe get some crops. And we find out a little later in the film, they're not like so crazy far away from the village. Like they're probably like a days away via horseback. I mean, I know that sounds like a long time, but probably back then that was a pretty reasonable trip for some people that were trying to go back into town. But yeah, they end up finding a spot and it's near some very creepy looking woods. So the father... He says, Dad, William. He says, We don't go into the woods, blah, blah, blah. Like, so why would you put your new homestead right next to the woods? And you have five children? I was thinking that. Like, how many kids do these people have? have A lot of kids. That's a lot of kids. (laughs) They have a lot of kids, five kids for two adults. Like, they're obviously outnumbered by three. How are you going to keep them from the woods? How are you going to keep them out of the woods? That's what I want. Well, clearly they don't. I don't know how they're going to keep them out of the woods. Mama, they don't. Daddy, they don't. (laughs) And another thing that happens right when they get to this like new, you know, homestead that they're about to build together is you actually see the shot of the dad. It's kind of funny at first. I was like, what the hell is he doing? And his nose is literally to the ground. And he is, I'm assuming, smelling the soil, like as if he can tell if it's going to bring them like good crops and if they're going to have like a great time there. And they all hold hands as a family and they pray together. And they pray together actually quite a bit in this film, which is a very big recurring theme. Mm -hmm. It's like they have faith, but they also don't have faith. Like they practice prayer a lot, but do they actually believe the things that they're praying in? That's something I want us to all ask ourselves. I have so much to say about that, but I'll wait till the end. Yeah. Then we get a shot of Thomason and she is in her home. They, they've obviously, you know, it kind of fast forwards a little bit and they've like built some sort of a, a little house for themselves where they have kind of like a tiny little barn slash pen where they have some goats and, you know, they're trying to grow some crops. And we have this shot of Thomason and she's praying and she says like, I confess that I've lived in sin. She says, I've been idle of my work, disobedient of my parents and neglectful of my prayer. And I've broken every single commandment in thought. It's almost like what Ali said at the very beginning where you kind of come into the middle of things. It's like, we didn't witness any of this happening, but she's like talking essentially to God. So it's in one of the most intimate settings that you could possibly be in. And she's like, I have not been the best. And she's kind of like, I pray for mercy. I pray for forgiveness. It seems like she's asking for something else out of this life, which is sort of what I gathered from it. It's almost like she's like, what else is there for me out here? Really good point. And that's kind of a foreshadowing. I would say so as well. Yeah. And again, we all need to realize too that this also takes place back in the day when women were treated as property. Vessels. Vessels, tools for birth and for just pumping out a lot of kids. And so she may be having these internal thoughts where she's trying to figure out like, what is her path in life? And, you know, she's obviously not going to be on this farm with her family forever. She's probably going to have to find a husband. And there's probably a lot of things going through her head. And I'm I'm assuming these things, but just from seeing this film a few times now, it just, it really does seem like this part where she's sort of confessing to God that she's needing some guidance. It's just like, she's just wondering if there's like more out there. 
it's very religious. This is a very religious very film. religious, yeah. And it has a lot of religious elements and like hints and stuff. So we'll see that all throughout. Totally. The next thing that we see is Thomason helping her mother with their youngest in the family, baby Samuel. And obviously Thomason is oldest sibling. So she's kind of like the mom's like right hand man, so to speak. So she probably helps a lot with like the children, making sure everyone's kind of staying in line. She helps a lot with chores and things like that. And, you know, she probably helps a lot with the baby. So the mom very willingly hands over baby Sam and Thomason takes Sam kind of close to the woods, but not, not super close to the woods, honestly, just kind of on the outskirts of their little property and she's playing peekaboo with him and it's actually like a really cute shot the little baby he's laughing and it, it's super super sweet and the shot it goes back and forth between thomason and little baby sam of them playing hide and seek and on the last shot where thomason is saying like peekaboo she has her eyes covered with her hands and when she lets them go she looks down and baby sam is gone she freaks out. She looks around, does not see baby Sam anywhere, looks even towards the woods, as we probably all would if we were like in that position. And she doesn't see him at all. This is my note on this. Like, I know this is about like witches and stuff, but like the baby could not crawl or walk. The witch took the baby. I know, but. But how? But how? You're just being. Yeah. You're like realistically like. How Logical. Did you do that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Which is please don't come for me. I know. But magic. Magic. Because then literally the very next scene we see a cloaked woman. Right. I would say walking swiftly. With, I, I don't think that she was running, but she's walking, walking swiftly, swiftly with, with the, the bebe. crying baby. With the baby. A baby. Yes. And then we see that little baby Sam has been taken to, you know, some other place within the woods. And we see baby Sam laying near some candlelight. He be naked. He be naked. And we see in the background kind of blurry what seems to be like a naked older woman. And she's sort of like running her hand along his little bod. And it's really weird. And it makes you feel very unsettled, which is obviously the purpose. And you're sitting there as the watcher, hoping that nothing bad is going to happen to this baby. And I can't help but think, because you know I grew up on Hocus Pocus, mm. I'm thinking like she's going to suck the life out of this uh, poor 100. baby mm -hmm. to get youth, right? To be youthful. And she's stroking the bebe. The bebe. And a knife comes out and it, it cuts to another naked woman bathing herself and or like kind of ambiguous dark scene. It's an ambiguous again. dark scene, but like, you know, like churning butter. Yes. Like that is old, the perfect way to put it. And that's exactly, I was like, what the hell is she yeah. doing? And you see her naked butt. Yeah. <laughs> well, Ooh. I mean, again, it's yeah. not clear. Like the producer did not catch this the first time he watched it. But again, when he came over to my TV and the brightness was a little higher, he was able to see it. He said, oh, that's a that's a lady's butt. That's yeah. a naked lady butt. It's a naked lady butt. An old lady butt. But what it looks like she's doing because she you see her butt. So she's obviously facing away. You can see her backside. But it looks like she's what could look like churning butter contraption. Yes. Uh, but it that you see that it's like blood. Yeah, they do kind of a close-up scene and... I wrote in my notes and I hate that I even wrote this, but I said, it looks like she is mashing up what looks like blood and guts. I put guts too. And I didn't want to say that, I know. but good for you. I know. And yeah. And then like Ali said, she actually starts rubbing it all over her body mm -hmm. and then she starts rubbing it on a very large stick. Yep. Perhaps a stick that she uses to fly. Sure. I'm pretty positive that that's what it okay. is. Yeah. Because then... We we see her rubbing it on this large stick, right? I literally wrote in my notes, perhaps a stick she flies with. <laughs> and then there's literally the next shot is the large glowing moon 
with what looks like someone flying on a stick in a cloak. All I was focused on was the moon because I love moons. Yeah. So no, same. The first time, the first time I was like, oh, that's such a nice moon. (laughs) Me too. I'm like, that's a nice boulder. (laughs) Like, you know, it was just like very like, you know, but I agree. And I didn't, it was until I watched it today again that I was like, hold up. She is flying on that goddamn stick. Of the baby blood? Of the baby blood. Whoa. Yeah. So a little crazy, a little crazy. So after our moonlight, riding off into the moonlight scene. <laughs> Dancing in the moonlight. Everybody's feeling warm and right. It's just about an exercise. I do love that song. Me too. We get a daytime shot and Thompson's family is obviously, you know, pretty devastated. There's definitely like a solemn feeling throughout the household and the mom, Kate or Catherine, is very, very devastated. She's just like weeping in her bed and Thomason's also kind of having a nightmare and you know you can just tell that this like whole thing is definitely affecting them quite a bit and we can kind of also infer at this time that it's probably been a couple days without baby Sam now they said it's it's not been a week it's not been but a Something, week yeah yeah so you know it, it's still fresh but it has been probably like a day or two and we see Thomason having a nightmare she's kind of tossing and turning a little bit in bed and she's wearing you know she's a, wearing nightgown. Like a nightgown yeah like, imagine for all you hocus pocus girlies she's wearing something like like the under the most under layer of her of like Emily stuff. yeah like what Emily was yes. wearing when she disappeared yes yes Emily Banks for those of you that don't know anyways so she's wearing kind of like that same sort of get up and we see Caleb kind of come over to her with a little bit of concern you know she's tossing and turning and there's this shot where it kind of focuses a little bit on the opening of her nightgown and you can see that Caleb is a little bit fixated yeah. and you don't see anything he's curious he's curious and he's like Ooh, boobies. Mm, what's that? Boobies? Boobies. Boobies. Or your Yabos? Or your oh my god, I'm the worst. Yeah, you are. Your Yabos. yabos. <laughs> Caleb likes your Yabos. Caleb actually, in fact, <laughs> Caleb loves them. <laughs> and so it's kind of weird, but it's the very first sense that we get of Caleb being maybe a little bit curious about like women's bodies. You know, he is like a young man and he is on a farm with no one but his family, which is kind of sad. And anyway, so he wakes her up. Nothing like really comes from that whole situation. He just, but he, He's trying to comfort her and say, yeah. you're like in a nightmare. Go back yeah, to sleep. Go back to sleep. Yeah. And, you know, the mom is so devastated. And you can just tell that the tension is on Thomason. Like she was the last one that was watching Sam saying without saying it was obviously like her, her fault, fault yeah. you know, in the in the mom's eyes. The dad decides to ask Caleb, you know, if he wants to go into the woods with him to check some of the traps that he might have laid and Before this, actually, we have a a very, very quick scene where they focus on some of the crops that are growing on this like so-called farm and the crops are rotten. They're fucked. Yeah. So basically because they now live in this little, you know, like homestead, homestead that they've created away from the plantation, they're on their own. They need to source their own food or create their own food. But they're trying to grow corn. They're trying to do all these things. They're trying to, you know, get eggs from their chickens. Everything's fucked. So the dad is like, we need to go into the woods and hunt. And back to the woods thing. 
They're like, we don't go into the woods because the woods are evil. But we're going to build our homestead but right we're gonna build it next right to right it. There. <laughs> <laughs> I will say a cool thing that I actually learned is during this whole like crop scene, I guess whatever is happening to the crop in the film is actually a real thing that would happen to crops back in the day. Like it's it's some sort of rot or something that it, like affects the corn crop. And it was actually said back then to be like a very bad omen and kind of like a sign of witchcraft. So okay, that every, was everything was a sign of witchcraft. Yeah, I mean, if everything, if anything was out of place, it was like witchcraft. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're not we're not supposed to go into the woods, but also now we're going into the woods. I'm like, this is some Hansel and Gretel shit. Yeah, like we're being reckless and bringing more children yeah. into the woods. Yeah, you know, yeah, very irresponsible. <laughs> <laughs> so as Dad and Caleb are going into the woods, you know, his dad's trying to have a real conversation with him about like not letting the woods consume them, which I thought was. A little bit of a foreshadowing now that I've seen this a few times. And the dad is also testing Caleb on some of his Bible teachings. So, you know, again, we're always coming back to this, like they pray a lot. They know their stuff. They talk about the Bible all the time. They They say scriptures all the time. But like, is it really doing any good for them? And I think that's like, as the viewer, you're kind of taking that in and like, you know, is all of this praying really like helping them as family? They're definitely being tested by God or by the universe or what have you. Again, it goes back to that like puritanical theme of the movie. Also, while they're in the woods, I'm like, they have a fucking dog. Where did this dog (laughs) come from? (laughs) I know. The dog is a little cutie. He's Fowler. Fowler. And Fowler is a little cutie and he kind of accompanies them for everything. And so he's with them in the woods. But, you know, we'll get into that a little bit more later. And Caleb actually ends up asking if his little brother Sam was born in sin. And he's kind of wondering, like, why Sam got the fate that he did. And so there's a little bit of like a like a teaching moment I guess in this with the father talking to Caleb sort of about why things bad things can happen in life and why, you know, you can sometimes just be tested by the Lord, quote unquote. And Caleb is also kind of curious how they got some of the traps. He helps his dad reset some of the traps as they, you know, find them in the woods and his dad confides in him and tells him that he actually traded the mom's silver cup, which was, we find out later in the film, very special to her as it was her father's silver cup. So while they're in the woods, they actually see a hare and they're like, let's shoot it for food. And so dad, again, like we're just referring to him as dad. His name's William, but like we can't be bothered. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a weird scene. The, the hair is just like staring down the gun of the barrel. Their souls. Yeah, into their <laughs> souls. And the gun then when he shoots, it backfires onto him and injures the dad. And not, that's, not terribly. Not terribly. But think like the little kid in a Christmas story. Okay. You know what I mean with the BB gun? There's another instance of the hair that really comes into play along this film. Yeah. And then simultaneously, as they're kind of having this experience in the woods, you know, we're back at the farm now or at the homestead and Thomason is trying to gather some eggs and she goes into the chicken coop and she's only able to gather one egg which a further sign of just how desolate this homestead is and how there's really lack of resource. And she drops the egg and the egg breaks, obviously, and the egg is bloody and has a little baby chicken inside of it. And it's a very jarring scene, definitely feels like a bad omen. And as Thomason is looking down on it, you can tell that she's she's a little freaked out by it, for sure. 
That's like one of my worst fears, cracking open an egg and it's got some kind of... Something weird in it. Yeah, yeah. totally. And then we see the twins and they are singing about Black Philip, which is kind of the first introduction we get to Black Philip. Black Philip. <laughs> and what I will note is that my notes say two creepy kids. <laughs> and their names are actually Mercy and Jonas and they're twins. And coming from a twin, I get that we're creepy sometimes. Like we we are creepy. <laughs> Especially boy and girl boy twins. Boy and girl twins. So I'm like, my twin Sam, we're creepy. <laughs> and so the twins are singing about Black Philip, which is the black goat that they have on the homestead. And they're kind of like running around the homestead and Black Philip is is kind of like chasing them slash taunting them. And at the exact same time this is happening, the dad and Caleb come back and the dad is trying to lure Black Philip back into the pen because he's gotten out and trying to lure him away from the twins. And the dad falls into some mud, you know, gets his clothes all muddy and the twins are just like hysterically laughing. They think it's so funny. What I also noted is why are goats so prominent yes. in horror films? And I looked it up because it really was interesting to me. And also, if you haven't seen Drag Me to Hell, that's another really good movie that has a goat in it. We are going to um, do that film. For yes. Sure. We love Justin Long. We love Justin Long. We love Sam Raimi. Go watch it. Mm -hmm. I looked it up and Baphomet is a goat deity associated with the Knights Templar and the, the devil. The Knights Templar and the Devil. So it appears in a lot of lore and horror. See what I did there? And I tried to read more about it, but my ADHD wouldn't let me. So if you want to read more, go do it yourself. <laughs> she can't be bothered to I do can't. all of your research. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so as they get Black Philip back into the pen, the mom is kind of arguing, wondering where Caleb and the dad have been because naturally they didn't freaking tell anybody, which I'm sorry, but what has been going on at this homestead to where you think you can just go off into the woods and not tell people where you are? Girl, I don't know. <laughs> and so she's kind of questioning them, whatever. And Caleb, for some reason, doesn't want to tell the mom that they went to go check the traps because then he's sort of selling his father out totally. that his father sold the silver cup to get the traps. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. So he tries to make up a, a lie and he tells his mom, you know, we were in the wood because we were trying to look for apples. I thought I saw an apple in the valley. And he literally says, I, I did this to try to cheer you. And the mom is like, oh. Oh God, that's so sweet. You know, I mean, she doesn't say that, but like immediately like the tension is, you know, has come down to a normal level and she's not as mad. At the same time too, the mom is ordering Thomason around and is asking her to undress her father because her father just fell into some mud and to go wash his clothes in the nearby brook. Like how creepy or weird is that? Yeah. And we're going to talk about it a little bit later in the film too, but the, the mom does make a comment towards the very end of the film about how Thomason has been like witching not only Caleb, but her father. And she kind of calls her, I think like a slut basically. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. But basically enablement is where we're at right now. Yep. Yep. Totally. And so then, you know, Thomason goes off to go clean her dad's clothes in the brook. And at the same time, also, the mom is like, Caleb, can you also go to the brook and fetch us some water? And so when Caleb goes over there, he sees Thomason washing the clothes. And we get another shot of him checking out her boobies. Her yabos. Her yabos. <laughs> 
she's not bearing them all for anyone to see, no, but it's just like they're just little, kind of sticking out yeah. of the top of her dress a tiny bit. And he's looking at her again in curiosity, doesn't want to get caught. She kind of catches him a little bit and he looks away and, you know, she's kind of questioning him like, Caleb, she says, why are you dallying? <laughs> and what'd I, you say why are you dallying what is why are you dallying mean? you know like you're dallying you dilly know? dallying yeah like that like that okay um she's like what why are you dallying she's like asking him what's wrong you know whatever and so she's kind of like consoling him she brings him into her lap and then we have like a cute like brother sister moment for a second we're like i don't know it's just a weird she's being like maternal she's yes. like and I'm... he's like a little brother in yeah. her arms like it's really cute and sweet and you have this sweet moment and then out of you know the brook bushes freaking mercy <laughs> little mercy comes out thompson and caleb hear a little crack and they're kind of freaked out because again there's been a lot going down in these woods and recently. they're close so to the woods they're right close now. to the woods they're kind of freaked out and uh, little mercy comes to and she's like i am the witch of the wood and she goes i am on my my stick flying through the woods clickety clackety clickety clackety you love that i love that part where she goes clickety clackety i just think it's so cute and so cute the demonic thing yeah she's just such a cute little demon child uh And I just think it's like so funny because like, yeah, she's just like trying to tell Thomason and Caleb like, I am the witch of the wood. And she says like, I'm the one that took Sam into the woods and all these things. And then she makes a comment. She says, Black Philip says I can do whatever I like, which is kind of our first indication that there might be some kind of significance with Black Philip. So what I put in my notes too is Mercy and Jonas, the twins, the creepy twins, are always with Black Philip. Always with Black Philip. Yes, that's so true. And so I was like, okay, something not right here. Yeah, something's going on with Black something Phillip. Something going on. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, Mercy just says like that she's actually seen a witch in the wood in a cloak. And she said, it's the witch that stole Sam. And Thomason and Caleb are like, shut up, Mercy. You're just like playing, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then Thomason decides to kind of flip it onto Mercy because Mercy's just annoying her at this point. And she goes, well, Mercy, I'm the witch of the wood. Like it was me that took Sam. And mm. she's like, and I will take you if thou displeases me. I'm sorry, I really, really like the language in this film and I kind of wish we all still talked some, like this. You want to speak old English? I kind of do. Should we learn? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just like really love it. <laughs> and she even like kind of pushes Mercy to the ground a little bit and it's like, I think she's kind of just tickling her, but Mercy is just like, oh my God, stop, I mean, blah, blah, blah. I get be, it. It's probably scary. I'd be fucking pissed if yeah. like- <laughs> If your siblings were doing that. I'd be like, what? Like, what you know, fuck? I'm scared in general. Yeah. Like- <laughs> but then Thomason even says too, I, I, this is a part that's pertinent because you know that they're starving, but they don't outright ever really say it. And she says, basically, like, I'm going to eat you because we've been lack of food. This is also kind of, you know, beginning first half of the film and you're getting that vibe that everyone's freaking hungry. So they're probably getting a little cuckoo. So then everyone, you know, comes back to the homestead and it's now dinner time and they're all sharing a mere piece of what looks like a very flat little pita piece of bread. bread. It's literally, it literally looks like pita bread. <laughs> yeah, it does. Like, like the saddest. Flatter. No, the saddest piece of pita bread. Like someone opened up a pita bread. And tore it in half. And then, and then that's like the half, half that they're eating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the mom kind of questions Thomason about misplacing the silver cup. And she's like, you know, do you know where it went? Like you were the last one that was like cleaning it. And Thomason's like, I have no clue. Like it was on the shelf the last time, you know, and you can tell that the mom is like, you fucking took it, bitch. Even though she didn't. Loki, like, I think this entire thing, Thomason has been hated by the mom. Oh, we're getting deep-seated hate by the mom. I'm I feel, like, yeah. 
Thomason does a lot for this mom. Like she, she does everything. She's washing dad's dirty laundry. She's, she's like taking care of the, the kids. Yeah, she's tending to the goats and the chickens and the the homestead, like all of it. And I'm like, and she seems to do it like without complaint. Yeah, I'd be like, like <laughs> no. Like I'm sorry, you have a beautiful daughter that does yeah. everything for you. Like just kidding, Lisa. If you asked me to do those things, I, would I mean, do yeah, it. I would like 100 percent do that all for Christine. Yeah, but like Christine wouldn't yell at me, accuse me of selling the silver cup. Lisa would also not accuse me of being a witch so or maybe she would actually me and christine are witches yeah actually <laughs> <laughs> my mom would love that i was, like, I was gonna say like oh wait maybe not <laughs> so they kind of have it like a heated conversation but kind of not and then you know the mom's sort of over it and is like oh they hear the goats they hear the goats mm-hmm, at dinner mm-hmm. and she's like oh thomason did you not put the goats to bed I'm sorry. I'd love, like, do you guys like these reenactments? Because I'm thoroughly enjoying them. I'm just fully anticipating you speaking in old English for the next month. And so Thomason goes out to put the goats to bed, however you do that. And she actually sees the rabbit, the hare, the hair, or sorry, the hare in the goat's pen, staring right at her. And so flash forward a little bit and it's bedtime and the mom and dad are having a little bit of a conversation in bed. They are talking about just kind of everything that's been going on. And, you know, you can tell that the mom is just over Thomason's shit, even though there's not shit to be over. I was going to say, like, what are you saying? No, there isn't. I'm over but, the mom's shit. But the mom has some sort of, you know, she's over it. She's over Thomason for whatever reason. She's being, blaming her for everything. Being young and beautiful is not a crime, you know. It's not a crime. In the word of Meredith Blake. <laughs> And the mom and dad talk about how they say Thomason has now become a woman, become a woman. She's in puberty and, you know, it's it's time for her to be basically sold off to a family and to leave their family and to go grow up and do her own thing. And as the parents are having this conversation, the kids, Thomason and Caleb, are actively listening in the other room. And you can see Thomas's face is just like, oh, shit. Like, they're going to shit me off like, to boarding school. No, I'm just kidding. That'd be better than... Sorry, this is not the parent trap. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> or is it? Well, you said Meredith Blake. I mean, it just sorry. got stuck in my head. My bad. <laughs> but yeah, so they, the kids are listening and the mom and dad are like, can you hear us? Which is kind of weird. And they're, they're not going to say, yeah. Yeah, they're obviously <laughs> being quiet. Yeah, mom, and, I heard you say you want to shit me off. Yeah, like, like, cool. Yeah, I hear you shit talking me yeah, for sure. You hate me. But after that, they, so Caleb is like, takes matters into his own hands. He's becoming, he's a trying to become the a man of the house. Mm-hmm. And which is kind of interesting. Oh, I did Intriguing. It. Intriguing. Intriguing. <laughs> With a crispy R. With a crispy intriguing. <laughs> so he he's like, I'm going to take matters in my own hands. I'm going to go check the trap. Let's get some food into this fucking house so we're not eating half of pita bread. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, we love pita bread. Don't get us wrong. Hey, like, not as our only meal. The garlic naan from Trader Joe's, straight up fire. Don't even talk to me about that. I know. I'm so hungry. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyways. So Caleb is like... I'm going to go do this. Also, like, thank the universe for Postmates because... God bless America. God bless Postmates. God bless Postmates. (laughs) Because we don't have to go into the woods that are haunted by witches and go look at our traps that probably only Don't have have food in them. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But anyways, Caleb is going out and Thomason sees and she's like, bitch, I'm coming with you. Yeah, she's like, you are not going to go into the woods by yourself. Like, if we're going to look for food for this family, 
I think Thomason's also probably trying some sort of redemption in her mom's eyes too, of like, maybe if we come home with something, like she'll like not be so pissed at me and won't send me away. Or she's trying to be maternal too. Yeah. Well, it she could, obviously probably doesn't want both. Caleb yeah. to go by himself. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So they go and find the trap and they do find something. They do catch a, I think it's a rabbit or something, maybe some, a some kind squirrel of, something yeah. in the trap. Because now all of a sudden it's hanging on the side of the horse and they're making their way back. And they actually are having this really sweet little conversation as they're riding through the woods. And Thomason is the one riding on the horse and then Caleb is on ground leading the horse. And they have like a conversation about back in England. And Thomason's like, do you remember back in England, like laying in the sun in our porch basically and Fowler, mm-hmm. their dog, just laying in the sun like enjoying it and it's so sad because there's about to be a not so nice scene coming up and they actually see the hair right in front of them a few yards off and Fowler sees the hair and starts barking ferociously (laughs) at the rabbit and the horse runs after he runs after it and at the same time the horse gets really scared and bucks Thomason as Caleb runs after Fowler then they kind of get a little bit separated because yeah, Caleb very much so very separated, much separated yeah. <laughs> because Caleb has run off to try to find Fowler and he doesn't realize that Thomason just got bucked off the horse. Otherwise, I'm sure he would have tried to come to her aid. And so she actually gets knocked out temporarily. So we kind of lose sight of Caleb for a little bit. And then we see that Thomason is just like waking up and like, what the fuck just happened? She's like, where's my horse and where's my brother yeah, and our she, dog? And she's kind of close to or seemingly close to their homestead because she wanders off and dad is like, what the fuck yeah. just happened? Yeah, she's able to eventually find dad. And Caleb, he unfortunately finds Fowler and it's really, really sad. And at the same time, though, he finds the hair again. And I think personally, as I'm watching this, that the hair is luring him to where he's going to end up because he doesn't follow it almost like with the intention of like, I'm going to shoot it. I'm getting ready to shoot it. It's almost like it's like put him under some sort of a spell or like Girl, a hundred percent. Yeah. So like you mentioned at the top, like these rabbits or hares are deemed to be magical or basically witches in, in a, animal form, yeah. in animal form. Mm-hmm. And so he follows this hair and he starts to go into some pretty thick wood. Like he has a couple of parts where he literally has to crawl through like, and it's really, really rough for him to get through. It's, it's thicket. And he, he actually comes to a very creepy looking little cottage okay. in the middle of these woods. I don't think it's creepy. I think if you and I... No, I mean, I think it's lovely. Yeah. But I think in the context of this film, it's a it's little creepy. creepy. But like if we were just like... <laughs> no, like I would oh love to gosh. live there right now. <laughs> so basically he comes up to this like moss ridden, not moss ridden, but moss embossed hut and it looks like warm in there it looks There's like some a cozy steam little, coming out of, yeah. like yeah hansel and gretel vibes for sure of like i mean it definitely doesn't look like it's made of candy but it's like it's, it's inviting a little it's bit. inviting it's comforting it's a little yeah i would say yeah and all of a sudden the front door opens and this hot ass witch witchy comes woman out. Yeah. yeah she comes out and she's just got her like little red cloak she's got her like hot bod we'll also like her yabos her yabos so there's this thing where in the in that kind of century, you bring up your yabos to like have them kind of pop over your uh, over corset. Your corset. Yep, and she does that, mm-hmm. and he's like yabos, great. And we can tell that he was already mesmerized by his sisters before. So right. can you imagine a woman that he's not related to? And poor kid is like, oh my god, give me those yabos. Well, no, no, he's like he looks scared <laughs> in the oh, moment. He looks 
terrified. I did actually write that in my notes. I said, he looks so scared, but he's literally in a trance and cannot get out of it. He's like, yabos, but there's a rack. Yeah. A hundred percent. And then, so this is what I noted. They come, they like, they come together. So she's obviously, the witch is obviously coming to trance him or get him to do whatever. Like lowering him in. Yes. Yeah. And hot witch, like, ends up freaking kissing him. Also, is this legal? I'm not really sure. They literally come together like magnets. Like, there's no yeah. pause. Like, he literally just comes up to her and it's just immediate, like, and she draws him into her face. Boom. And then they have a little smooch and her hand turns into an, scary, an old decrepit woman scary hand. witch hand yeah. holding his head and i'm like and this is at the point where i was like oh, okay he's obvi dead now but maybe he's not we'll yeah. see but yeah and then end scene then you know we are done and we don't know exactly what's happening to caleb at this point all right. So, you know, as we've mentioned, you know, Thomason has made her way back to her father. So she wasn't like as deep in the woods as Caleb was, but she does make it back to her father without Caleb. And he brings her, you know, back to the home. And we have this scene where they're all talking about what to do. And it's now started to pour rain. And William, the dad, is just basically like, I have no other choice, but I need to go out there and find Caleb. You know, a little rain doesn't bother me. And Kate, the mom, she is very much trying to argue against that. She does not want him to go out into the wood, especially at night and in the rain. And as they're kind of having this conversation, it's obviously getting very heated. And Kate is definitely feeling tension again towards Thomason because now it's her second child that has been with Thomason and has now gone missing. And the dad decides that this is going to be the perfect time to tell her that he's the one that actually took the silver cup and sold it for them to get some traps. It's a very weird scene because during this scene is actually the first time that we see the mom, I feel like, feeling a little bit bad maybe that she has been blaming Thomason for so many things. It doesn't last long. It doesn't last long at all, but she does kind of give her a little bit of affection and Thomason offers to go and put the goats to bed because obviously it's pouring rain. You know, she does it anyway all the time. So it's like not that different from her what with, she her normally with the does. Goats. Her with the goats again. She's with the freaking goats again. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Yeah. And so, and her mom's like, no, you don't need to do that. Like it's raining. Just wait till morning. Like they're not going to go anywhere basically. Like it's raining. It's fine. And she literally says like, but it would please you mother. And she goes ahead and does it. Thomason's like, I'll go do it even though it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. And mom is like, no, don't. And then she's like, no, I will. I want to please your mother. And then she's like, hurry back. Yep. And I'm yeah. like, I'd be like, young lady, you stay in this house. I don't want you catching yeah, a cold. Like what? <laughs> yeah. Like there's multiple reasons she shouldn't yeah. go out there. Like, you know, especially <laughs> well, by herself. It, totally. And so as Thomason goes out there and mind you, this is nighttime. It's dark and it is raining. She actually finds Caleb. And he is clinging to the fence or like the pen where the goats are. And he is naked and just in the pouring rain, just like hanging onto the fence to keep him stable. A, disturbing. B, why must everybody be naked in this movie? Mm -hmm. C, if you're that far or that close rather to the house, why not just make it all the way to the house? I don't know. Loser. <laughs> no, I'm not child shaming. Caleb. <laughs> They're gonna come for us. <laughs> so then they bring Caleb into the house and he is basically unconscious. He's very unresponsive. But also like surprise, Caleb isn't dead. He's not dead. A surprise. <laughs> 
And, you know, like we see in a lot of films, especially in this olden time, they lay him down. They have cloths that they're trying to maybe bring down some sort of a fever he has. They're they're trying to figure out what the sickness is exactly. And we have this weird thing that happens. So they cut his forehead. Yeah. And I didn't understand what that meant or why they did that. But Emma has some insight in I did a little research because when I saw this film, I'm like, why would they cut him like right above the eyebrow? And then they have a bowl right next to him and they let the blood like spill out. So I didn't know if they were at first like like something was on the knife and it was almost like a form of medicine. But as I dug into it a little bit deeper, this was actually something that they did back in that time. If they believed that you were sick or had some sort of an infection, they would essentially try to like get the bad blood out of you, which was really weird. Cause like, first of all, how do you know how much blood is okay to get out of you? <laughs> also, I, my forehead would be cut like every day. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like I'm always infected. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, it, that was a very weird kind of fact that I found out that they did back then a lot. And so Again, with another historically accurate little factoid factoid in the film. And then my next big point is we go to the kids in the barn with Thomason. And at this point now, it is daytime. Yes. So they're kind of just, you know, Caleb is still, you know, quote unquote sick, but they are going about their day doing like their daily chores. So Caleb is sick. So he's still at the house and he's sick, but they still are having to tend to the animals, the goats. So Thomason, Mercy, and Jonas are in the barn tending to the goats. And they cut to Black Phillip, which is <laughs> like so cute because like Loki's super cute goat. Super cute in this part too. <laughs> he reminds me of my cat, James. I don't know why, but he does. He's got James vibes. He's got James vibes. But I'm like, why are the twins always with the goats? They're always with the goats. And basically, Mercy and Jonas, the twins, are like... Thomason, bitch, you're a witch. Well, and they also tell Thomason that Black Philip talks to them yes. and said that she was the one that put the devil in Caleb. Mm -hmm. And what I noted is kids are crazy, but like drunk adults and speak the truth. So Lucky trusts a little kid's intuition. But kids are also kind of scary too. Cause like, 100%. okay, like, and this isn't really a spoiler alert but kind of is like Thomason actually isn't a witch like in this film. So the fact that they're also like they're manipulating everyone in Thomason's family to make it seem like she is a witch. Or so kids can they? be kind of crazy in that way too. So at this time too, you know, again, like they're tending to the goats and doing their daily chores. Thomason is trying to milk their female goat, Flora, who's their white goat. Mm -hmm. And she starts to milk her in blood comes out of her udders and freaks Thomason and the twins out. As this is happening too, we have a conversation with mom and the dad and they are in the house with Caleb and they're, you know, the mom is like, dude, this is freaking witchcraft. Like this 100. is crazy. And this like these weird things keep happening to us. And at this moment, the dad, William, he's trying to fight the thought. He's really trying to come up with any logical reason that this, you know, wouldn't be witchcraft. It's definitely not any of their children. Definitely not Thomason. Kind of like the last line of defense, <laughs> so to speak, with this being witchcraft. As creepy as I find dad, William. 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 I think he really wants his all of his kids to just be innocent and like, mm -hmm. okay, yeah. and like have a happy family. And as like a parent would, you know, they don't want anything bad to happen to their kids. They want their kids to be good people. He's truly like wanting the best out of them. 
And and shit's not going well for that train of thought. No. And to that point, Kate, she's like, hey, I, I, I have something I need to tell you. I think she says, like, I need to confess something. And she's like, I've been kind of like a piss poor wife. Like, she's like, I've just been just such a fucking sad mess since Sam, you know, was taken. And she kind of just like apologizes. And she also talks about how much she wants to be home in England. And I think that also is probably like a stab to Will's heart because as a husband and father, that's a man of the house. It was probably his decision to like come out Mm -hmm. to America America. or (laughs) New England, New England, the Commonwealth, the Commonwealth. You know, they kind of just talk about like, you know, they really need to set things straight here and they kind of make a decision that they want to head back to the plantation that banned them. They're actually talking outside now at this point. Kate and William have kind of a a consoling moment where Kate kind of loses it a little bit and she's crying and she's just really upset with everything that's happening to their family. And they kind of make the decision that they're going to head back to the plantation. At this moment, they all hear like a blood curdling scream and they run inside to find Caleb. And Caleb is not fully conscious, but he is speaking like random phrases. They seem like they are like scriptures from the Bible. He's like or speaking in tongues. He, yeah, he's kind of speaking. I mean, it's definitely, it's English. But it, like, it is the old English tongue. The old English tongue. <laughs> but yeah, it's very like, doesn't make any sense. Like, but I even like, tried to rewind it a few times and I'm like, what the hell is he even saying? He's like straight up possessed. Yeah, like it wouldn't make sense if I repeated it back to you guys. <laughs> Just go watch it. And Caleb has a moment too where his jaw kind of like locks up and Kate and William try to pry it open. And wait, I'm so sorry. This is such a tangent. William and Kate. New England? Oh my gosh. Oh my God. New England? Do you not? Yes. Oh my gosh. The Royals. Wow. I don't want to get banned. That might be a far fetched connection. Okay, but like I. But but I see where you're going. And those are also like very common names back then. Especially for the Commonwealth. For the Commonwealth. (laughs) But But I like where your head's at. Sorry. Because I couldn't do this podcast without someone that can make connections like that. You know what I mean? Listeners, my apologies. That's where my brain goes sometimes. (laughs) And so back to Will and Kate. (laughs) (laughs) They're trying to pry Jonas Caleb's jaw open. And I don't know if they use like a knife or some kind of tool. They're like, don't break his jaw, blah, blah, blah. And he literally, right before our eyes, spits out a bloody apple but onto Emma, the floor. do you know what that alludes to two things one he talked about the apples in the valley at the beginning of the film mm-hmm. and how they only had really apples back in england and uh, i'll get to the rest of it later okay okay so keep it listeners keep it the apple thing in mind yeah keep apples in your head and you know again the whole family is witnessing this by the way so the parents are kind of like thomason keep keep the twins away blah blah but they can't help it i mean everyone's like what the fuck is going on with caleb and so thomason has mercy and jonas like and she's kind of holding them back like from the situation and mercy turns around and basically rats thomason out and says like she's a witch she told me, she said that she was the one that took Sam. She put a curse on all of us. Like, you know, basically like it is her fault. And at the same time, Will is kind of like, what the hell? Weird that he would believe his like four-year-old daughter, Mercy. But anyways, and he makes Thomason get on her knees to basically tell him like she is not a witch. 
So, you know, she's sitting there and she's denying everything. She's like, dad, I am not a witch. Like I swear, like I will pray right now. And like, I think they do a little bit of prayer. And then at this point he's trying to make like everyone pray because they're trying to pray for Caleb. They just want to like pray as a family to try to get strength and faith back into like helping this poor boy. So when they start to try to pray, Mercy and Jonas are unable to pray. They cannot remember their prayers. They act like they can't remember them. Well, that's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my gosh, are they the original like Salem people who are like, you're a witch, you're a witch, you know? Yeah. Oh, they're fucking manipulative as hell. Twins can be like that, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Speaking as a twin. To my earlier point, like they have manipulated a lot of this situation. Like obviously, you know, let's call a witch a witch, but like they have definitely like swayed some thoughts in this family on who is who and what is what. Like they definitely are looking at each other and be like, okay, let's do this shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. As this is happening, Caleb actually lets out a big gasp. And it's like Linda Blair shit. Yes. Like, yeah. He, he like, kind of like arches his back yeah. and he's kind of making some movements on the bed. Yeah. Very exorcist. And it was, it was exorcist X. And then he's like reciting Shakespeare. Yeah. Yeah. It's very random. And he says like, she desires of my blood. And then the twins off to the side are like repeating some of the things that he's saying, further perpetuating that they're like kind of just trying to act freaking crazy and like they're possessed too. He then sort of has this smile across his face and he's looking very blankly past everyone. Like he's not like focusing his eyes on any one person. I Like I wrote in my notes that it looks like he's having like a good experience. Like he says like he feels warm and he was like, God, like kiss me on thy mouth. And well, it's like, he's like accepting his fate. Yeah. Although I don't know. Like he's like looking into the light and he's like, light, just like take me basically. <laughs> then he dies. And th- literally that's what it says <laughs> like, in my notes. Yeah. It's like, it's kind of just what happens. He just stops breathing. Shakespeare and then done. Done. So it, <laughs> it was a wild scene and it was very abrupt. It was. Then the twins also kind of act like they're unconscious. And so they're like down on the ground. And Thomason is just like besides herself that she just watched this happen. And so she actually runs outside in absolute shambles. And her dad runs out to try to console her. And he he grabs her and he sort of sits with her and he's trying to console her. And, you know, he he's trying to be positive and they sit by this very barren tree that looks like basically a twig. And he says, you know, this tree will be lovely come spring. But basically he's like, is this my last minute with my eldest daughter? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. tell me now. Okay, let's have this pleasant moment and then tell me now if you're a yes, fucking witch. Totally. Yeah. And he starts questioning her again and he's like, Thomason, I can't help you unless like you tell me what's going on, like unless you speak the truth. And he's kind of pointing out to her, like, look, we're the last one with Caleb and you were also the one that found him. It's also like daggers. It's so sad. Yeah. It's like, dude, she didn't do anything. And she's literally telling her dad, like, and he just keeps questioning. He's not believing her when she's like, dude, I am not a witch. And he he even says, like, you know, basically basically like, please don't lie to me, blah, blah. And then she kind of turns it around on him is like, do you want to talk about lying? And she calls him out and is like, you know, I heard she calls him out about the cup. Mm -hmm. She's like, you let mom just give me the blame on the cup. And then number two, I heard you and mom talk about how you guys wanted to send me off to another family. Thomason ends up actually telling her dad in this moment that they have together that she actually believes that the twins are witches because the twins tell her that they talk to Black Phillip. And so dad actually brings Thomason back inside and he's like, you know, tell your mother about your thoughts about the twins being wicked. 
And he's trying to also question the twins, two like literal four or five year olds. And, you know, they're still pretending Dude, they're like, like they're eight. no, they are not. They're like eight. They are not eight. Producer? No. What do you think? Five? Oh my God, no. Five. Yeah, I agree. Maybe not four. That's a little young, but I would say five or six at the at the highest. They're not eight. <laughs> I feel like Caleb is like 10. Okay. Then I, I stand by my sentiment. They're like eight. Okay, sure. Continue. Sure. So anyways, so the twins are still freaking acting like they have no clue. Like they're just, they're acting unconscious. Like they can't hear anything, whatever. The dad's getting frustrated. And he basically turns against all of the children at this point, And he brings them all to the barn where they have the goats. Back like why? Goats. <laughs> and he boards up the barn with all three kids inside with Black Phillip. Terrifying. I'm like, why is the solution to... All of the problems to lock up your remaining three children. Right? In the barn with the goats that could be demonic. And if you were kind of nervous that Thomason had anything to do with your other two children going missing, then you're going to put your last two children with her. Just With saying. Black Phillip. With Black Phillip, which is insane. So anyways, you know, Thomason is having, they're, they're all just kind of bored. It's daytime at this point and the kids are just in there with the goats and Thomason's like trying to ask the twins like, wait, do you guys like really talk with Black Phillip, you know? And then at the same time, mom and dad are burying Caleb. It's a really sad scene because they, you know, dig the hole for Caleb's body. And then we see a scene where the mom is like down in the laying hole, laying in the grave. Like yeah. onto his probably still warm body, honestly, Ugh. if we're thinking about that, which is really sad. Once they get back to the house, William then goes to chop some wood. And we actually see him. Of course chop, he does. We see him chop wood a couple of times in the film. Actually, I didn't mention this earlier, but there is a part where he chops wood. Back in the very beginning when he gets really muddy and Thomason goes off to wash his clothes in the brook, he has like nothing on basically. And that's where we see the six pack. Just say, I had to mention it. If people were wondering where it's at, it's in the beginning of the film. In case you're on daddy core legitimacy. <laughs> Okay, so anyways, moving on, moving on. So chopping wood is his therapy, right? And he he has a conversation with God, you know, or the universe or what have you. And he basically blames himself for everything. And I put my notes while chopping wood. <laughs> and he says, like, I am infected with the filth of pride, which he is. I mean, his pride is essentially kind of what got them into this mess in the first place. And he asks God for redemption. So Ali, like you mentioned before, it's like he really wants to think like all of his children are innocent and that yeah. nothing is, you know, they're heavenly creatures and they're going to be little angels. And, you know, he really just doesn't want anything bad to happen to them. So then now we fast forward and it's nighttime, which is scary because, you know, I don't think it was that scary for the kids to be in the pen with the goats during the daytime. But now it's friggin scary because it's a nighttime and Black Phillip is in there. We we get a scene. It's kind of going it's kind of going back and forth between like the barn scene with the kids and then also the scene inside the home with the mom and dad. Right. Kate wakes up. In, you know, presumably the middle of the night. And it, she... The manner of which she wakes up is kind of troubling to me. It it's very weird. It reminded me of like a Ari Aster film. I yeah, think. like she's like sleepwalking or something. Like I don't know. she's weird. just like her legs just like... Get up. Get up. Yeah. <laughs> and walks over. And so I was like, um... That was probably the scariest part of the movie to yeah. me. I don't know if this house has like actual rooms made with like real walls that separate the rooms, but either way, like curtains. Yeah, it's something. like curtains. She's she's out of her bedroom and now in kind of like the living area or like common area. And she actually sees, and we see it in the scene in our peripheral, the silver cup sitting on a shelf. 
Yeah, so we haven't seen the silver cup, and so to see it, it's like, especially since it's been mentioned a couple times as the viewer, I was like, oh my god, the silver cup is back. Like, shit's going down. Oh, it's a thing. Yeah. And at the same time, in the other corner, the mom sees Caleb holding her baby Sam. And I was like... Very, it's kind of scary. I guess that might be actually the scariest part. It's just like they don't look like they've been worn and torn. They look like they're actually her children. Yeah, so like I, just back in their normal form. I get that if you were a mom and you see this and it, whether it's real or you're hallucinating, Spooky. it's you want to gravitate towards your children, whether they're demons or actual entities. Totally. She goes right up to Caleb and baby Sam. Like, it's not weird at all. Caleb, you know, is like, hi, mother. You know, I'm here for you, whatever. And he says, he says, I've brought a book for you, mother. Oh, I didn't catch that. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Yeah. And then at this part in the film, it's going back and forth between the barn with the kids and the mom having this like hallucination. And now we're back at the barn. You know, it's very, very dark. They're definitely setting it up to be very spooky. And we're kind of like, oh, shit, some stuff's going to go down. Then we go back into the home and the mom expresses that you know baby sam is hungry and so she gets like ready to nurse him yeah she basically unbuttons her blouse and she's ready to go yeah and then we go back to the barn and thomason and the twins experience hearing some footsteps in the grass outside the walls of the barn sounded like it was on the roof to me it could be anywhere and everywhere outside of the barn it's very scary because i feel like they're they're sort of scared of what's inside the barn with potentially black philip right but then now they're having like this like there's something scary outside of the barn so it's like no one is safe here whether you're in the barn or out the barn it's a very scary overall experience and the amount of meltdown i remember i'm the first girl so i'd already be dead you're dead yeah i am dead yeah I am you're Sam. Dead, you're dead. You're, you're dead, dead. You're dead Good. and out of this world. Good show. Doom, and movie. Doom, 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 doom. So then I actually think at this part, Thomason is still sleeping and the twins actually see something in the corner of the barn in the darkness mm-hmm. feeding on Flora, their poor little white goat. You know what's funny? I don't know if it's funny. <laughs> I was like, that's so funny. But our producer does a lot of work for us. And how these segments are broken up. Okay. A naked witch. Naked, <laughs> naked witch. Naked witch. Naked witch. That's how our... That's how we're taking our breaks. <laughs> yeah, that's how we're taking our breaks. And that's how these segments are broken up. And so they, poor Flora is being eaten, eaten, if you will, by a, a naked witch. By a naked witch. And as soon as the twins realize what's happening, we get this, I would arguably say it's like the one jump scare in the movie, kind of. But the witch sort of like yeah. turns her head and she smiles at like the twins and you see it very quickly. It's very, very quick. And everyone screams. Yeah. And then it goes straight into the mother who was supposedly nursing Sam. She's not. She's holding a white or a red cloth and a crow is Pecking. Pecking at her her nipple where she's supposed to be nursing. And she's like maniacally laughing. And it's like, like that's, a witch laugh. That was probably the scariest part. And you yes. know what that reminded me of? Cookie and her assistant. <gasps> mm-hmm. Oh my God. Cookie and the assistant. Yep. And if you know, you know. If you know, you know. If you don't, I'll tell you later. I also think just from a, oh my God, it makes my nipples hurt so same, bad. Literally same. Like, Oh, Emma and I are both like I'm holding, holding, our, holding our yabos right yeah. now. Like it makes my 
It hurts. Body ache. Yeah. And like, it's one of those things like, you know, nails on a chalkboard, blah, blah. It's like pe- peck in the nipple. I just, I can't do it. Oh, so, God. yeah. So we don't know whether mom has actually seen the physical embodiment of Caleb and Sam or if she's hallucinating or having a night. I, I, we don't know what's happening there. After all of that chaos, it flashes towards when mom and dad wake up. And they're in bed together. So dad's getting out of bed and mom has blood on her nightgown. But she doesn't seem phased at all. Like she just went to bed. Yeah. And she's not in mourning or anything. So it doesn't seem well, obviously. Dad, William, Will, walks outside and is kind of, you know, just taking in the daylight. He kind of seems nonchalant, and then all of a sudden... Yeah, like he's going to go just like go see his kids that he yeah, just punished for the night. That he just locked in a barn. Yeah. And then he discovers that the barn has been torn apart. It's in shambles. All of the precious non-demonic sheep are slaughtered. <laughs> Goats. <laughs> Goats, whatever. Goat sheep. Like, yeah, Flora's been... Flora we know she's Fania. been eaten. So... They're like torn apart as well. Thomason is like in the barn still. Like what? She like wakes up. Yeah. And she's like, what the hell happened? And there's no sign of Mercy or Jonas anywhere. Yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. Actually, I don't know. know, Actually. Yeah. (laughs) And then it pans back to William, the dad's face. And he's just like dumbfounded. Like he's like, what the hell happened? And at the same time, arguably the second, maybe like jump scare ish. Out of frame, he gets Black Philip. He gets Black Philip. Philip. <laughs> yes. Black Philip rams him with his horns and gouges him yep. in the stomach really bad. He immediately starts bleeding from the mouth. So, so yeah, after he gets gouged that one time, he's like, oh, fuck. And then and he starts to grab like a, an axe. He starts to grab an axe and then he starts to, he like looks at the axe and he's like, I think this is like a metaphor, not a metaphor, but symbolism. I'm not sure what the correct word is, but I think he recognizes this is my penance. And he kind of accepts that this is his fate and his death. Totally. And then. And he's like, I'm, but I'm going to like go down fighting. Sort of. (laughs) No, he, but he doesn't throw the axe. He doesn't like try and kill the goat. Yeah. He accepts his fate. Listeners, if you remember, we keep talking about the cutting of the wood. He gets basically like thrown into the pile of wood that he's been cutting for apparently years because there's a lot of it. Black Phillip like basically rams into him again yeah. and into the pile of wood. Yeah. So he goes up with the wood. He will go down with, with the wood. The wood. <laughs> and we were talking about this earlier, but I also feel like this is symbolic of like everything else has gone so wrong on this farm. The crops are bad. They can't hunt for shit. But the one thing that the dad can do is chop some good wood. But that kind of... But it ends up like killing him. Yeah. And that is kind of like a metaphor for like his manlyhood, if you will. Mm -hmm. Like a poor father, he can't Provide for his family. Yeah. Yeah, He he can't can't save them. Yeah. And he can't keep the wood not blood ridden. I'm not sure. Well, and like it's assumed too that the pile of wood essentially like crushes him and kills him because like he's already been gouged by Black Phillip. So like he would bleed out like regardless if he didn't get some like medical attention. But 
he gets covered by the pile of wood because it topples. I don't even think him. so. I think I think the Black Phillip impalement will definitely. Oh kill. no, that was really bad for sure. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. like, I think but we it, don't know. It's a little ambiguous. I think the like wood falling on him is just like you're not a man. Yeah. No. Well, then, as this is all happening, Thomason just witnessed this, and she's, like, horrified. She's like, that's my dad. Like, what the hell, Black Philip?" And at the same time... <laughs> what the hell, Black Philip? <laughs> Kate comes out, the mom, with her freaking bloody nipple, and she comes out, and she's, like, questioning Thomason where the twins are. She's like, what the hell just happened? And Thomason is just begging her like this is where mom truly loses it yeah she basically like physically attacks thomason and is like hitting her she is pinning her down to the ground and asking her you know like why is she doing all this blah 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 and her and it's so sad because thomason is literally like she said i i wrote it down in my notes she says repeatedly like i love you i love you mom i love you like because she's just like mom like dude you you've been such a biatch to me. Like, you know, and like, I just want to love you and I just want your approval. Why is this happening? You know? And it's just so sad. And so she magically grabs a knife and is able to kind of like cut her mom's face to sort of stop like her. Briefly, yeah. yeah, briefly. I don't just think like, she wants to kill her. She doesn't want her. to kill her mom, but she's like, mom, chill the fuck out. Like, can you yeah. stop? Like, I'm going to cut your face real quick so that we can take a breather. Honestly. And then, so she... She cuts her mom's face, but then her mom just basically doubles down. And she's like chokes her. She's like trying to like literally Choke the life take out of the her. air of yeah out of her lungs. Yeah. And I say this not lightly. You gotta do what you gotta do if your mom's doing that. I don't know. It's a very intense point in the film because Thomason has only ever wanted her mother's love and acceptance. Yeah, that's hard. And she's never gotten it, or at least, you know, since what we've seen in the film. And then to have your mom, that person that you just want that acceptance from, literally trying to kill you. She sort of had to make a decision of like, do I let my mom just like literally take my life right now or do I fight for my life? Well, and not long story short, because obviously this is a long story long, but. Long story still long. Long story still long. We have more. Don't worry. (laughs) Uh, So Thomason ends up ending her mother's life who's trying to kill her. And when her mother has been, she's perished. She's holding her like, yeah, I have that love. in my notes. Yeah. Like she's crying literally she's crying, with her mom in her arms. Her like she's, you can just tell that she's literally saying like, I did not want this. Like you yeah. literally forced me into this situation. I will say it again. Like Thomason was fucking bullied into being yeah. the black goat of yeah. the family, <laughs> the black Philip. And it's just like so sad because everything that has gone down is like never what Thomason like actually wanted. Yeah. Or at least, you know, so we think. Well, we'll get into more of that later. (laughs) But so, and I'll be all, Thomason is grasping her mother with her her mother's dead body on top of her. And she's like crying because she didn't, again, did not want this. And then eventually she has to like push her off her and move on. Now Thomason is completely alone. Doesn't know where the twins are presumably with the witches or witch dad is dead or at least on his way to be and mom is dead or on her way to be so thomason is completely alone and she is just in like absolute despair so thomason ends up walking back into her house she looks very blank and empty yeah Yeah. disheveled you can just tell that the emotion has literally been kicked out of her like with everything she's just been through she well she's covered in blood yep she also starts taking off her clothing and I'm like, like her top layers. Yeah, her top layers. But I'm like, wow, the way the amount of time it must take to unlace. 
oh my god all of that stuff i know she does kind of like unlate it's like oh god she also puts like a blanket or some kind of cloak or jacket or something like mm-hmm. around her to keep her probably warm and then she homegirl she, like takes a nap yeah she like sits down i think at like their dinner table and she kind of just puts her head down and then next thing we know it it is nighttime and by the way, she's left the door open the entire time. Not that it matters because no one's fucking there anyway or alive. But like she, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she's left the door open. So the door is still open when she wakes up and she kind of looks at it. And then she goes outside and she walks towards the barn. And we see that barn, dude, the barn. By the way, when we say barn, like if you haven't seen this film, it's a shack. It's really not a barn. And I think the dad actually makes a comment like we need to build this into like a real barn. It's like very lackluster so don't picture anything fancy it's like yeah like a shack well, we said. hope you've watched it but like it's yeah, a shack it's a shack if you haven't watched it and she t- she sees black philip and fucking black philip she's like she literally says black philip i conjure thee to speak to me and she says it like a couple times he doesn't answer right away and then all of a sudden we hear another deep voice but honestly like the producer just said it's it's a pleasing voice I don't, I, I don't think you said pleasing. I think we just like kind of like Black Phillip. I love Black Phillip. <laughs> I don't know about like, oh, Black Phillip, bam, bam, oh, Black Phillip, bam, bam, Black Phillip, bam, bam. So he finally answers and he says like, what dost thou want? And he says, basically, it's like <laughs> he's saying like, bitch, what do you want? Do you like? What does he say first? You mentioned the butter. He talked, no, basically, <laughs> he talks about like deliciousness oh, and no. butter. She says, she says, what could you give me? Yeah. So basically he says, young lady, I can give you everything you want. You just have to like sign your soul to me. Well, and then he specifically says, he's all, dost thou like butter? Yeah. Specifically the butter thing <laughs> yeah. kind of threw me off. And then off. I like what he goes, dost thou want to live deliciously? <laughs> yeah. That threw me off. Because that also reminds me of Austin Powers, like. I too like to live dangerously. You know, it's like very similar. You Anyways, would. that's just a tie to another movie. Degrees of separation. And yeah, he does but, mention like that she, you know, he can kind of give her like whatever she wants. She just needs to sign a book that he has. So what's kind of, you just said interesting. I. I. <laughs> Nay. <laughs> <laughs> oft. Oft. Say. Oft. Say. Interesting. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I looked up all these. No. I know. <laughs> but basically with Philip, a.k.a. Satan, if you will. And sorry, Zuli, if you're listening. Zuli meter is high. Yeah. Zuli meter is high. Producer says, Satan, if you're nasty. Oh, my God. That's but- <laughs> no, black Philip, if you're nasty. <laughs> <laughs> but Philip, a.k.a. Satan, is saying, like, I can provide you this better life with nice butter and <laughs> deliciousness which is indulgence which is like yep and that's a sin right a like sin. like glut like glutton it's and greed yeah. all of that stuff yeah and i i'll break this down the seven a little deadly bit sins. yeah well sort of but i'll break this down a little bit later but you want indulgence sign your life away to me yeah and she says that she actually doesn't know how to write her name and he says i got you boo i'm gonna hold your hand while you do it yeah yeah we actually see feet 
walk by, like men's boots. boots. We don't see Black Philip in full human form. Yeah, but we see some kind of human entity. entity. Yeah. yeah, and it's inferred that, okay, so Philip has now transformed into a deity yeah. who's come to pair with Anya Taylor-Joy. I'm going to say, Thomason. he's just a salesperson. He's, and just he's, trying se- to, he's selling. He is literally just trying to, honestly, he's just trying to make Sign the- me up. I'm kidding. Honestly, the quarter just ended. He's <laughs> trying to make sure he hits his quarterly goals. He's got that quota. And he's been working hard on her for a while. I mean, he's closed the deal. And he also asks her to remove her shift, quote unquote. And so yet again, we're freaking naked in this devilish land. But that also has to go, it harpens back to a lot of biblical stuff where people are naked. It's like, mm-hmm. you know. Well, it's like you're in your most pure form. Yeah. You well, know. Has her yabos out. We don't see them. She, we don't see her actually like signing the book, but the next scene is we see her walking into the forest. With Black Philip. With Black Philip. It's kind and of a vibe. It is kind of a vibe. And she's got her hair like all down. We've yeah. never seen her hair fully down in the film, but now she's like a she's wild like woman letting- naked with her hair down and she's just signed a book and, you know, <laughs> she's crazy. Um, and she you walks- Sign a book. <laughs> She walks naked into the woods and she... It's giving like must be the season of, of the, the witch. witch. You know. Absolutely. I but also kind of want to go. Loki, yeah. yeah right? <laughs> but so she walks into the forest naked and she actually finds like a gathering of other women who all also have their hair down. They're all also naked and they're chanting around a fire and kind of dancing around. And it's a vibe. <laughs> it's for sure a vibe. It also reminds me a tiny bit of trick or treat, which. Oh, it reminded me. I put that in my notes, like a hundred percent trick or treat. It's like, let's like dance and be like, I'm little rocking, creatures. I'm let's rock- like be our true form. Yeah. I'm rocking my shoulders. You guys can see it obviously, <laughs> but it's them being their true form. Yeah. And Thomason finds herself coming into her true form. And all of the ladies start to float. float. Wow, we have a lot of parallels. They all float. They all float down here. here. <laughs> She's floating with the other women, and the scene then pans right onto her face, and she is just laughing and in pure happiness. Like, we have not seen her in this sort of a state at all throughout the film. And, oh, by the way, that that's the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, then it, yeah, then that's it, guys. But I think. And then creepy old English music at the end. Yes, that's it. <laughs> that is true. But I think that was her, you know, release. She found her freedom. That, I don't know if it's a good freedom or not, but she found that freedom from her family who basically told her she was a witch. And she's like, all right, bitches, I'm they a witch then. Be- yeah, yeah, she's like, you know what? You guys want to keep calling me a witch? I'll be a freaking I'll witch. I'll be a witch. Yeah. It's like self-fulfilling prophe- prophecy. Like Totally. You one, got it. I got you. Yeah. I can be a witch if you want to be it. Like, I'll if be you want me to be witchy. Yeah. <laughs> Overall, like my thoughts on this film, I didn't love this film when it first came out. I think I only saw it once. And now I've seen it a few times in the last couple of weeks. And I will say that it grows on me. Like every time that I've seen it. And I don't know if it's because I'm noticing more things or if because now that I've done like extensive research on it, I know a little bit about the background of why certain things were the way they were. Or I really appreciate like the historical accuracy of it. I think that there's a lot of things that are appreciative about it. And there's, you know, films like The Crucible or films that... that Hey, don't knock The Crucible. No, I love The Crucible, but I mean... Well, I mean, I just mean like there's not a lot of horror films that deal 
with witchcraft on like a real level like this and how it actually plagued real people back at this time. Well, and that, you know, I, I have, so I have in my final thoughts section, your hot takes, my hot takes, not even my hot takes, but like also facts. This movie left me like flabbergasted because I didn't understand it at first. And like you, I had to watch it a couple times and be like, yeah, what is happening here? And what's crazy. And as Emma said at the top of the podcast, we went to Salem last year and we kind of learned more about the history of the actual trials and everything. And this movie obviously highlights the bad of being accused of being a witch. And now it's kind of like cool of yourself to be a witch. Totally flip this. And even back then, like if you did anything that was outside of the quote unquote norm, whoever established that, even if you, you know, believed in medicine from plants or Mm -hmm. you were really handy with, you know, X, Y, Z as a woman, like you were accused of witchcraft. So there's also like a feminism storyline, I feel like to Mm -hmm. this film where, and again, we talk a lot about like the place of the woman in, you know, the household and how Thomason was just basically treated like, sorry, you can't really be in this family anymore. Now that you're like a woman, we want you to go off to like marry someone and you can be their servant, you know, this whole time, what have you. So I, I, yeah, I think it's, it's really sad that back then, People were so easily accused of being like a witch if they were just like a tad outside the norm or if they were just a woman that wasn't willing to just sit and be in societal standards and be quiet and just be like a little slave. Like, you know, we would, I would be accused of being, we would not be, we would probably be burned at the stake. Uh, (laughs) If I'm being honest, but But like put in the water and in that thing. Uh, Yeah. So again, like I was saying, After watching this movie a couple times, I didn't really understand it. So I had to do a little bit more research. And after doing my research, I appreciated it more because it really encapsulated a lot of the paranoia of religion that happened in the 17th century. And like, yeah, religion is huge in this. It's a huge thing about basically everything is about religion, Mm -hmm. including witchcraft. Totally. Yeah, because like even nowadays, like especially like Catholic religion and stuff, like if you believe in God, you believe in the devil too. Mm-hmm. Like it's really hard to believe in one without the other, you know? So yeah, I think the themes of like religion in this as well are just, it was a crazy time. And I mean, there's still a lot of people that are very religious, believe what they believe, and it can so easily guide so much in your life, you know? Yeah. Also, what I found is that everybody in this film, like everybody in the family, I don't think we know their last name you don't actually i read i read about this you don't know their last name which is interesting oh god fascinating because (laughs) (laughs) i can't take it back now um it's fascinating because back then like a lot of people had a certain last name like like lined like yeah yeah, like your clan was very Mm -hmm. much known by like your like last name and everything but i mean we have such an intimate look into this family's lives that we didn't really ever need to know their last names i guess because you know i suppose you're right yes but everybody was a sinner. The father was too proud. And so totally. they left. Mm-hmm. Right? Caleb, the young, the little brother. Lust. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thomason, temptation. Yep. So we, ha- we all of the, except for the twins, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what their sins were. Mm-hmm. Probably like deviance. I'm not, that's not a sin, but. Mischievousness. Mischievous, yeah. yeah. Somebody's got to have gluttony in there. Maybe it was goat. Not sure. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so everybody it's a it's a it's a lot about religion and sin, which 
this is a deviation of what Emma and I usually talk about. So, but there's a lot of Adam and Eve references, mm-hmm. like original sin and all of that, like yeah. the nudity and the apple tree. Yes, and and all- William, the dad, mm-hmm. and Caleb have a talk, and they talk for a minute about basically Sam was born into sin mm-hmm. because of Adam. The mom makes a note to earlier in the film about how they should have baptized Sam because that's like how they would have, you know, gotten him good with God and in good God's good graces and all this stuff. So yeah, definitely a lot of Adam, Adam and Eve. Megan, thank you because you're making us think deeper. Way deeper. Yeah. So and you know, I think this is, you know, a lot of people might not consider this a horror film, but I think it's less scary than it's more making you think. Oh yeah. It's like a little disturbing. Yeah. You question a lot of things yeah. out of it. I mean, I guess, Ali, would you consider this film to be scary? So that was what I was going to say next. So thank you. Is <laughs> No, I think I just okay. alluded to that. It's not to me. There were, I think the scariest moment, my scariest moment of this movie was when the witch is eating Flora. Yeah. And, and she turns around. Turns around Aww. and laughs. And then it jump scares to the mother who's also laughing, that's the, that's the scariest part of the movie to me. Yeah. But again, I think it's more about the allegoric interpretation of like these things that are within this movie. So good on um, Robert Eager's. Yeah. No, totally. I, I, that's exactly how I feel too. I feel like now that I've watched it a few times and the research, like it's a lot. And do I think it's scary? I also don't really think it was scary, but I do think the first time that I watched it, I was a little scared and I kind of brought it up a little bit earlier in the film, but like when things are dark in films, it really does force you to kind of like think with your imagination. So I have a very vivid imagination and I think of scary things sometimes when it's you're in the dark. And I mean, I'm a grown ass woman and I'm kind of scared of the dark sometimes. So, girl, you know, and I think sometimes our eyes mess with us and we see things. And I think that there are like scary parts i think the music was a little oh scary and i I love a good soundtrack i meant to say yes the the soundtrack is basically a character in this film oh because imagine like it was like an ed sheeran (laughs) or like just like going around and performing the music or like even hans zimmer just like with his like happy score from the holiday Mm -hmm. imagine that in this movie yeah the score it really is its own really is its own character totally agree and the darkness as well. And I'm a grown ass woman. It does fuck with you. Yeah. I think overall it was a it was a good movie. I'm interested to see. Maybe now I'll dive more into Robert Eggers Rob, films. films. Yeah, I agree. Also, I kind of want a goat. Ali wants a black Philip. <laughs> oh my god! Please get a black Philip or get a cat and name it Black Philip. That would be so we call, cute. We can call Stella Black Philip. I'm gonna start calling Cowboy Black Philip just for okay. Halloween. <laughs> I'm going to dress him up like a goat. Yeah, I'm so excited. I love that. Okay, well, so let's let's talk about our trivia answers. I'm going to get none of these right. (laughs) Don't be so, you don't know, you know, be more confident. All right. So the first question was, what year does this film take place? 1630. All right, bitch. Hold on. (laughs) I have it like burned into my brain from all of my notes. And I didn't cheat. Just saying. Okay, well, I put 1662, and then we talked about it later, and it was 1630, so I also put... Well, well that was a well, relevant date. Okay. It was the Salem restaurant. No, no, it was later. But I'm just kidding. In my, <laughs> in my notes, I put, well, now I know it's 1630, so <laughs> I get half a point for that. Okay, sure. 
Also, we're going to start keeping track at some point, and then Allie no, and I... don't I, like competition. Well, one one day, like 80 years from now, we can say who won. We're not going to be alive in 80 years. I'm going to be alive in 80 mm. years. Okay, so number two. Fill in the blank for the song that the twins sang. Black Philip, Black Philip, blank grows out of his head. What'd you say? I said, I said horns. So did I. <laughs> it's a crown. What the f- because he's the king. It's King Philip. They do say later, there's like singing the song and they say like, King Philip, King Philip. We should, I should have like listened more. But yeah. No, I said horns too. Yeah, I said horns. All right. Question three. What film co-starring Willem Dafoe was also created by Robert Eagers? The Lighthouse? That's, yeah. Yes. yes. And again, we talked, there's only three other films that he made. So it's not <laughs> that hard. You had like a 33.33% chance. So you win this one. So that about wraps it up for The Witch. Thank you all for listening. We really appreciate everybody for listening to our podcast and listening to episode seven of Spooky Chicks and Horror Flicks. You can find us on pretty much everything. We are on all major podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google, you name it. And you can find us on social media at Spooky Chicks and Horror Flicks for Instagram and TikTok. We also have a Patreon. That is what brought you this episode today. So we have several levels of Patreon that you can subscribe to to support the show. And if you subscribe to our highest level, which is $10 a month, you can also pick the film of your choice for us to review. So if you're enjoying listening to us, please leave us a five-star review on whatever streaming platform you're using to stream on. And if you didn't like it, hey, pretend the last hour and a half didn't happen. Yeah, we love you all so much. Thank you for everything. And we are so excited to have our next episode and we'll be announcing that on our Instagram. And for now, stay spooky, fuckers. (laughs) 